I think a lot of us here today would have to admit that we've got a sort of laundry list of things to do that just never gets done, right? I'm not talking about the big important things, I'm talking about those, those little things that, that you just keep putting off and, and never getting around to. Maybe it's, maybe it's that stack of files that, you know, they're sitting on your desk and, and you don't ever really use them, but you should sort them and put them, put them away at some point. Maybe it's the junk mail you need to sort through and make sure there's not actually a credit card bill fit in with all those ads for other credit cards. Maybe it's, maybe it's something like writing thank yous or calling your mom. Whatever it is that's on this list, it seems like this list just sits there forever, right? Maybe it grows, maybe it doesn't, but it's just there. It doesn't really harm anything. It's just there. Now, if you're like me, you feel a little bit guilty when you think about that list, but not really guilty enough to actually do anything about it, right? It's inconvenient. You'll get to it when you have time. And that's fine, because it doesn't really hurt anything. But imagine if you put something super important on that list, like paying your utilities bill, or buying groceries, or maybe showing up for that surgery you need. That's silly, right? You wouldn't put those things on that list because those need to get done. You'll pay really strong consequences if you don't do it. If you don't pay your utilities bill, they'll cut off your water and, and then you won't be able to flush the toilet. Maybe worse, they'll turn off your electricity and then your Wi-Fi goes out. If you don't buy groceries, don't buy food, eventually you're going to starve to death. And if you don't show up for that surgery, you're going to die. So these are things that you don't put on that list of things to do when it's convenient. These you have to do now whether or not you like it or not. But what about God's Word? Is that something that ends up on that list? Today we're going to look at the example of the Roman governor Felix. And that's exactly what he did. He said, I'll listen to God's Word when, when I find the time. So we're going to see how foolish that really is, and, and that the time really is now. So let's jump in. After, after his third missionary journey that we heard about last week, Paul decided he was going to go back to Jerusalem and report to the church leaders there. And while he was in Jerusalem, he figured he'd take the, take the chance to worship at the temple. So he went to the temple and was worshiping there, and, and some of the leaders of the Jews spotted him, and they incited a crowd, and this crowd got together, and they started beating the crap out of Paul. Of course, the Romans heard about this, so the Roman commander orders his guards to go down and, and stop him from being beaten up, but after they get in and break up the fight, they're not really sure what to do. They figure Paul must have done something wrong to get these Jews so mad, so they arrest him. And after talking to the commander real quick, Paul gets a chance to address the crowd, and, and really it just turns into a shouting match, the crowd yelling at him, and, and nothing gets accomplished. So then he gets taken before the Sanhedrin so that the, the Romans can actually hear the charges that the Jews are bringing against Paul, see if there's anything to it, and again, not much comes from it, so they decide that he's going back to jail with the Romans. At this point, the Jews all take an oath that they're not going to eat or drink a thing until they successfully murder Paul. 
So they figured they'll, they'll ask the Romans to bring Paul before the Sanhedrin again the next morning, and while he's on the way, they have a lynch mob all lined up to go kill him. Luckily enough, Paul's nephew hears about this plot and goes and warns the Romans, so the Romans have Paul moved out of Jerusalem under cover of darkness with about 200 soldiers to protect him. They send him up to Caesarea, that's where Felix lived, and they were going to have the Roman governor try him. So that's where we find him in this story. The, the Jews had sent up a group from Jerusalem up to Caesarea, and they sent along a really good lawyer too, because they're going to try to get Paul condemned. Felix heard both sides of the case and decided, you know what, I'm going to withhold judgment for now. Wait out a little bit. And he put Paul in jail again, but, but not really bad jail. He, he was allowed to have visitors so his friends could come take care of him, and he had a little bit of freedom in there too. And then we hear that Felix and his wife went and listened to what he had to say. He was interested enough to hear what Paul was all about. So Luke records for us, several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was a Jewess. He sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. So as he waited to decide whether or not Paul was guilty of a crime, he was interested enough to listen to Paul's message. And Paul's message, by the way, was the most important thing Felix could ever hear. It was the message of salvation. This is, this is the message of what God did for him. It's the same message that God has for us. God loves you. He sent Jesus to pay for your sins so that you don't have to go to hell. This is the most important thing Felix could ever potentially hear. So of course he was super excited and, and latched on and wanted to hear more and more, right? That, that's what makes sense. Well, Luke tells us, as Paul discoursed on righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. It's not the reaction you'd expect. So the things Paul was talking about, righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, we should think about for a second here. Righteousness, Paul would have been saying what God has to say about righteousness. God expects you to be perfectly holy, just like God. So, so totally holy, not a single wrong thing in your life. Otherwise, you earn God's wrath. All right, next, self-control. Paul would have said something along the lines of, well, you're a sinful human being. So your sinful heart is going to have all these wild desires. It's going to want to do all of these wrong things. And remember that first thing we talked about, righteousness? Even though your heart wants all these bad things and it's going to want to do all these things very desperately, you still can't do them. You have to have control over that and still be completely perfect or you earn God's wrath. And then comes the kicker, the third part, the judgment to come. So his message would have been something like, and these aren't just nice thoughts. These aren't just good ways to live your life so that you'll get along with people and things will feel good. No, these are actual rules that you, Felix, and you, Drusilla, and everyone else in the world are going to be held account accountable to by God on the last day. Judgment is real and judgment is coming. So that's a really scary message. It makes sense that Felix was scared. Naturally. So he put it off. Why do we put off the things that we put off? 
that little list we talked about earlier. Maybe it's because some of those things just aren't that important, right? I think a lot of times it's, it's maybe because it's something you don't want to do or it's, it's inconvenient. It's those times when a, when a bachelor living in a basement apartment realizes there's nothing in the fridge or the pantry and it's lunchtime and he's a little bit hungry. But man, getting food means going to the store or a restaurant and that's, that's a lot of work and I know that this person is, has invited this man over for supper later so he can just, he can just suffer through, right? It's, it's inconvenient to go get food. It's worth, it's worth the, the minor consequences to, to just wait. Maybe it's not inconvenient. Maybe it's just flat out scary. I know that my pile of junk mail is a little bit scary at this point. Maybe yours is too. Maybe you have a leaning tower on your desk. Sometimes it's just not what you want to do. So we, so we hide. We put it off. And that's exactly what Felix did. He was scared by this message. Naturally, that's, that's how you feel when you hear this message. And he did not want to deal with it. So he put it off. He hid from it. He was living in denial, right? So those things, those things that, that we put off too, we, we kind of live in denial, right? We are, is that what we do? We say, I don't need to worry about this because it's not, it's not going to affect my life. So what are those things that you put off? Why are you hiding from the things that you're hiding from? When are you going to find time to do that thing that you are just dreading doing right now, that chore? Has God's word become one of those things that's inconvenient for you? Is it a pain to wake up early on a Sunday morning and, and get dressed on, on your one relaxing day of the week and, and come to church? Is, is studying God's word at home during the week something that you know, you'd really like to do, but it just feels like you never have time for it? Are you living in denial like Felix was? There's bad news for us when we live this way. The cost is tremendous. You wouldn't put off paying off your utilities. You wouldn't put off buying groceries or, or going to the hospital for a surgery that you need. Because those things all have tremendous consequences. Putting off God's word has huge consequences too. It showed itself in, in Felix's life. Verses 26 and 27. At the same time, he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe. So he sent for him frequently and talked with him. When two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus because Felix wanted to grant favor to the Jews. He left Paul in prison. So his actions show where his heart must have been, right? He was, he was acting out of fear and, and he was trying to do the best he could to protect himself. He, he looked for bribes. He was trying to, to get some money out of Paul and, and he was trying to earn political favor with the Jews by leaving Paul in prison, even though he knew that Paul was innocent. And, and Paul was in jail here for two years, an innocent man. He was trying his hardest to take care of himself, Felix was, but ultimately this got him nowhere. We hear that his successor took over, Portius Festus took over, and then after that, Felix goes back to Rome, 
and he tries to continue his political career but gets caught up in a scandal, almost ends up in prison for the rest of his life himself, barely escapes that, and his career ends. So it got him nowhere, and, and worse than that, we never hear that he came to believe in Jesus as his Savior. The cost of putting off God's Word and, and studying it and being in, in God's Word in church shows itself in our lives, too. When we do that, we're, we're living according to our selfish desires. And, our, and then only our selfish desires and our fears are the things that drive us. It's, it's kind of ironic, really, because we're scared to face God's Word because of our guilty consciences, but God's word is really the only place we can go for comfort for those guilty consciences. It's biting the hand that feeds us, right? Why would, why would we turn our back on the only thing that strengthens us, the only thing that heals us? It's silly. And that wait-and-see attitude, that let's, let's see if God is for me, let's, let's get around to it when we get around to it, ultimately, it can have disastrous effects for our spiritual life. Like Paul said, judgment, it's coming. So waiting until, waiting to take God's word in, waiting to study it, waiting to hear it until it's convenient is just not the answer. Our faith and our, our walk with Jesus start to show wear and tear. Shows itself in our, in our lives as, as we interact with other people. We start having more struggles. We start having more hate and hurt. It shows itself in our, in our thought lives as well. When our thoughts aren't what God wants them to be, when we're, when we're thinking for ourselves and, instead of trusting in God. Finally, this puts our eternity at risk. It's like putting off a surgery that you need to get now. It's silly. It's, it's a risk that you can't afford to take. Why would you even consider neglecting something so important? So friends, we can't afford to take that risk. But we shouldn't study God's word because of some logical calculation about risk assessment. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be in God's word because we're scared or because we feel like we, we need to do it. God's love is there for us. And that's a kind of love that, that we want to be in. We can't, we can't help but want that. Because of the way God loves us, we, we want to cling to his word and, and cling to what he says. So let's, let's think about Paul for a second here. Instead of, instead of Felix, let's look at a good example. When Paul came back to Jerusalem, he really thought he was going to die. And for a little while there, it looked like the Jews were going to succeed with that too. Remember back to what they did to Jesus. This is the same, the same tactics. They tried to get the Romans to kill Paul just like they got the Romans to kill Jesus. They're doing the same thing, bringing, bringing him before the Romans with some charges that they made up. And it worked literally overnight with Jesus. Paul trusted God pretty blindly. He didn't wait and see if God was going to take care of him. He had, he had his strength because he knew God's love for him. And God did take care of him. This went on for years, where it took them overnight with Jesus. They tried even harder with Paul, and they didn't get it done. 
God promises to look out for us the same way. But his protection does not go just skin deep. It's much more, more important to us than that. God cares more about our spiritual well-being. Friends, even when we're living in denial of our sin, he sees it. And even when we're, we're trying to ignore the fact that our sin condemns us and makes us guilty of hell, he knows. He doesn't forget that fact. And even though we didn't show him any love to start with, he loved us. That's why he sent Jesus. And, and because of Jesus' life and death, we do have forgiveness of sins. That's where we get our strength. That's, that's the best news for us. That's why we want to cling to his word. Because that's where we find his love. Where, his, where God's law tells us that you've been bad and it, it stings us and it burdens us. It tells us you have to be perfect and it, and it makes us scared because we realize that we can't do those things. There Jesus is. He steps in with his love. And, and his death and his resurrection that, that gives us forgiveness, his gospel tells us that instead of fear and pain and burden, I'm giving you love and forgiveness comfort, peace, joy, and, and the promise of eternal life. Those are all yours. God wants us to have that. He loves us so much. That's not an offer we want to turn down. That's, that's not something that's inconvenient at all, is it, really? That's something that's, that's easy and wonderful. So, so, of course, we want to turn there. The time is now. Why, why would we put off hearing about such good news when, when we can hear about it right now? Now, I know propane barbecues are, are all the rage these days, but I'm a charcoal man myself, and it's not entirely because I'm a university student and can't afford one of those fancy, shiny propane ones. But I want you to picture for a second that nice little Weber grill with, with a, a bowl of hot, burning coals in it. What happens when you take one of those coals out and set it on the sidewalk? Sure, it's, it stays hot for a little bit, but, but it cools off enough to touch really fast, doesn't it? That's what happens when you take a Christian away from God's Word. Think about that bowl of hot, hot coals as, as Christians together in God's Word. When you take one out, separate them from it, it's still Christian, still burning. But that starts to sputter, and faster than you think it would. But on the other side, if you take that Christian or if you take that coal that, that's cooled off almost completely and put it back into the fire, it heats back up, doesn't it? So if you're sitting here this morning and you're, you're feeling uncomfortable and frightened like Felix was because you're realizing that church has been something that, that you're coming to out of convenience or only when it's convenient, or that Bible study at home or or during the week, or, or whenever, God, whenever you have the opportunity to be in God's Word, you're, you're just not finding the time for it. You're feeling rough about those things. I can't tell you it's okay. What I can tell you is that God forgives you for that. So get back in the fire. Get warm. The time is now. Don't put that off. 
Don't stay outside getting cooler and cooler. Jump back in, get hot, be connected to God's word because, because he's there for you. Don't wait till you feel comfortable to come to church. Don't, don't wait till you feel like I'm in a place where now I can trust God because my finances are all lined up. Don't, don't be a Felix. Friends, the time is now. It's right now. You can't afford not to put your trust in God. You can't afford not to be connected to God's word. And you wouldn't want to because the love that you're going to find in God's word is an offer that, that is just above anything we can even begin to imagine. God dearly loves you. He's worthy of your trust. The time is now. Let God's word be part of your life and trust in Jesus. Amen.